0: You're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI Radio 99.5 FM. I'm your host, John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of The Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. Before we continue with our second segment, I want to encourage everyone who can do so uh, to give generously to WBAI and help keep shows like this on the air. We'll also have a great roster of shows throughout the rest of the evening, uh, starting with the WBAI Evening News at 6 p.m., all these shows require the su- support of our listeners. This is community radio. There's no major corporations. There's no uh, weapons makers or petroleum companies or pharmaceutical companies uh, uh, sponsoring this, uh, this station or the Pacifica radio network that we're a part of. It's listeners like you that have kept WBAI on the air for more than 60 years. But we uh, always need that support to, to continue and you can give by calling 212-209-2950. Again, that's 212-209-2950. Or you can also go straight to give number two, wbai.org. You can uh, make a one-time donation or sign up as a WBAI buddy for as little as $10 a month. You'll be eligible for all sorts of uh, excellent Uh, benefits again that's give number two wbai.org become a wbai buddy today and if you want to phone in your donation or uh, call in to sign up as a wbai buddy again that phone number is 212-209-2950 it's your generous support that makes possible a guest like the uh guest we just had Hilaline lane cologne hernandez from the workers justice project and also our our next guest uh uh Barbie Desai of the New York uh, worker uh New York Taxi Workers Alliance uh which is uh a group that's uh been fighting for for more than 20 years now for uh, the rights of uh taxi workers and and all of their struggles in New York the the people that uh, get us around town when we and uh right now the uh, uh there's Taxi workers, taxi drivers that are in the seventeenth day of an encampment outside of City Hall, uh, they've been decimated uh, by the city's uh, uh, shift toward Lyft and Uber. Uh, many uh, taxi drivers uh, it became uh, owners of the medallions. It's sort of a, a, a step, you know, a step up the the economic ladder historically. But those medallions. Uh, lost most of their value in the last decade when the city streets were inundated uh, with Uber and and Lyft uh, cars that didn't have to obtain the medallion. And uh, we're going to talk about that more now, about uh, how the taxi workers got in this terrible situation and what they're doing uh, fighting for justice uh, with this ongoing 24-7 encampment outside of City Hall uh, with uh, Barabay Desai. Uh, Barabay, are you there?
1: I am hi good good afternoon.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so um before we get into the the background of uh, uh of what's happened to the taxi workers over these uh recent years with the collapse of the value of their medallions, can you give us an update on the latest uh, that's going on at the encampment on the west side of City Hall on the sidewalk uh, right along uh
1: Broadway? Yes, this is our 388. We've been out there, as you said, uh, this is day 17. And, um, you know, before our 24-hour protest started, we'd been already protesting nonstop. We were doing nine-day cycles outside of Gracie Mansion and then City Hall, Prior to that, we had shut down the Brooklyn Bridge, the 59th Street Bridge. Um, we've shut down the front offices of number of the medallion banks and lenders, you know, that um, we've simultaneously been organizing against to, to relieve families from this crushing debt. So this has been a campaign that has been nonstop for a couple of years now. Um but, you know, given the urgency of it, like, we cannot wait any longer for City Hall to, to resolve this crisis. On top of that, the city came out with a program that is a, a band-aid that actually, it doesn't, it's, it to be honest, it's even less than a band-aid. It's gonna, it, it, Really, it puts up the facade that the city is taking some serious action, but in reality, they're not doing anything to help fix this crisis. And so um, given that the city came out with a counter program to ours, we really have felt the urgency, and so we decided to turn our protests into a 24-hour camp outside of City Hall.
0: Right. And can you give us the backstory on how uh, the taxi drivers um... – became so badly indebted when the medallions historically have been uh, sort of a rung up the economic ladder for hardworking immigrants?
1: Yes. And, you know, it's easy for for people to kind of think that it's all been about, you know, competition, you know, from Uber and Lyft. But the story is much more complicated and it's much longer than that. The city of New York auctions off new medallions. And so this all the money, the value that you hear about, all of that actually goes back to the city in fact, in one 12-year period under the Bloomberg administration, the city made um, $855 million from these sales. Well, through those years, uh, there was a Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times investigation, which found that the city, in fact, engaged in fraud with the drivers because they – um Inflated the value of the medallion so that people would bid higher and the city could make more money. They turned a blind eye to a number.
0: Hello. Baravi, are you there?
1: After the housing crisis, they were given a red carpet to loan directly to yellow cab owner drivers. Um, and, and then those banks worked with industry brokers to really push and prod the drivers to make these investments. And then those same city officials allowed in Uber and Lyft without regulation. So, for example, even though the number of yellow cabs is capped by the state and the city, they allowed in Uber and Lyft um, up to 85,000 cars uh, compared to like 13,000 yellow cabs at that time before they instituted a cap on, on the number of Uber and Lyft vehicles. So it's been this cycle of, you know, over-inflating the value of the medallion. And then crashing that value. And in the process, the city making out like bandits, and so did the banks and the lenders. You know, only the drivers have really been stuck in this lifelong debt.
0: And can you talk about the impact this has had on the drivers? I mean, some have uh, even taken their lives.
1: Oh, it's just been devastating. I mean, imagine that... You know, yes, there have been nine drivers that have committed suicide over the economic despair. I mean, there's just been such a crushing race to the bottom over the past several years, Um, you know, particularly after Uber and Lyft entered the market. And so livery, black car, you know, green cab and yellow cab drivers who had some level of security over their income, you know, saw all of that disappear uh, very quickly. Uber and Lyft drivers themselves had in the city in an independent study found were earning below the minimum wage. So we had nine driver suicides in 2018. Among them were three owner drivers. Now, even though yellow cab medallion owner drivers, you know, they own the medallion and the cab, even though they represent only 2% of the overall workforce, They were uh, the majority of the drivers who had committed suicide. And and I can't tell you about the number of drivers, you know, who've passed away at young age from heart attacks and strokes. And all the families talk about, you know, drivers um, having lost their health because of the level of stress from this debt. You know, I mean, debt is just generally a problem throughout our economy, right? And you hear so many studies from even like the Center for Disease Control that's talked about debt having a very particular demoralizing effect on people, you know, where, you know, when when you live through poverty day to day. Uh, there, you know, there there are certain programs that can that that are supposed to be bridges for to allow people to come out of that poverty. I mean, we we know that you know lifelong poverty is, is a serious issue in our economy. With debt, though, people there is a feeling of I am handcuffed to this poverty. I have no chance of ever getting out of it, and that despair really sets in. And that economic crisis has led to, you know, human tragedy.
0: Right. I mean, it's really incredible. We think so many of these uh, uh, drivers had worked for decades to obtain the medallions, and then, at, in their fifties or sixties, to find themselves with uh, impossible debts and uh, no. Uh, intergenerational wealth to pass on to their families.
1: Uh. Yes. And, you know, many who invested in the medallion saw it as their retirement that either, you know, that because the value kept going up, that um, they'd be able to sell it and live off that equity or that they could rent it out and even continue to work part-time if they were, you know, ret- retired part-time all that has now been lost and so as you said we have members in our 60s 70s even in their 80s who are looking at a debt beyond their lifetime now
0: Mm. and uh we'll have to wrap up here in a minute but uh can you talk about uh your real quickly your demands uh, on the city on the mayor and city council what are y'all demanding and what kind of response are you getting
1: So we have very broad, popular support. We have a lot of support even among elected officials who we need support from still is the mayor. Um, The mayor assigned the Taxi Limousine Commission to come up with the way to give the owner drivers leverage at the table to bring down the debts. And they basically have failed that assignment. All they came up with was a grant program, which does not substantially reduce the debt to a point that people can actually survive it. Um, they keep bragging that there that there's going to be some relief, but when you're when the average debt is at five hundred fifty thousand dollars and the market value is less than a hundred thousand, even if you relieve it by two hundred thousand, which is what the TLC brags about, it still does not transform the actual crisis. So we've been calling for a city-backed guarantee. So the city could say to the lenders that they will guarantee the loans, remove the personal guarantees that exist, because right now, due to the personal guarantees, when you default, which many do because it's too high to pay, um, the banks then go after your homes. They put liens on your bank accounts to garnish your future wages. You know, so you're never out of this crisis or you have thousands that have already filed for bankruptcy. And so if there's a city guarantee, the city would be the guarantor. If there is a default, the bank would resell that medallion to a new buyer. And if there's still a balance left on that loan, only then the city has a cost to pay. And because through the guarantee, we would be able to leverage to get the banks to lower the debts to like $145,000, the cost of this guarantee is not more than like $3 million a year for the next 30 years. Um, which for a city of New York with an annual budget of $96 billion, it is a minuscule cost. We need the city council to step up. The, on October 31st, the city's budget modification is due. We're calling on the council to not, um, pass that modification to use their leverage on the mayor to stand, you know, to add their voices to assembly members, senators, congress members, including Senator Schumer. To say that they're standing with the drivers, the city must add this guarantee so that this crisis can be resolved once and for all.
0: Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there, but uh, this is a story we'll continue to follow, and I assume that encampment's going to be there for a while, or as long as it needs to be.
1: Until victory, we are not giving up. there's too much at risk here. Please come and join us 24 7 Broadway and Murray at City Hall. call the mayor. you know, tweet at the mayor. please add your voice to this fight.
0: Okay. Barbie Desai from the New York Taxi Workers Alliance. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on WBI Radio.